Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. Welcome to Rocket. I'm Simone Rushfor this week. I think I'm joined by Steve something. Steve, uh, Steve, what's your last name I, again? I, I'm I, sorry. Uh, Warren. Steve Warren. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Warren. Okay. <laughs> I'm here with also Brianna Wu. Brianna. <laughs> oh Woo! This is not going to be a good show today, guys. Oh. I am. Oh, God. I don't know what you're talking about. We're planning to talk about Nintendo for like an hour, which is always a good recipe to get me super excited and happy about the world. Micah, can you pretend to be Georgia for a second? And we're also joined here by Georgia Dow. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she's in the room with us. Hi, Georgia. Is that really you? Yeah. Are you on this podcast impersonating Micah? I I don't believe it. That that's exactly what's going on. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm very sorry. Uh, I am here, and I am gonna punch my husband. And <laughs> also, I saved six people's lives today by teaching them to deal with their fears. <laughs> We're going to play this impression back for Georgia next week, because she's going to be very offended. I don't think Georgia gets offended. I mean, if she hasn't gotten offended by now... She's yeah. probably going to laugh just like I did right then in the, the Georgia Dow laugh. I, I mean, I think the worst thing that might happen is she might just go on a nerf shooting spree and just, you know, just, just nerf up the entire Canadian, uh, the Canadian wasteland. I don't know what Canadian that means. Wasteland. I don't know. They, you know, Canada it's like the like that track. Like I don't know. Maybe they have some you know place where nobody lives in Canada. I don't know. How, I don't I'm know. I'm not going to stand is. for your Canada bashing. I, we, I thought we I thought we saw policy that no more Canada jokes. That is completely uncalled for. Our country is being run by orange orangutan, <laughs> and you're making jokes about Canada. It's just uncalled. It's not fair. Okay. That is like they have a. I don't know if this is in the New Testament, so you covered it, Steve. But Jesus, I believe, said something about a plank in your eye or a splinter in your eye, and there's like there's like a bow of a whole ship that's in our eye, and you're making fun of the splinter in Canada's eye, basically. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I only I only listen to the Old Testament, which is about the angry angry wrathful God. So you know that's where I get my in my my uh, news and information from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I understand your worldview now. Yes, <laughs> it's, all, it's all clear now. Micah, you want to take the show on the road before I just crash the whole truck from three hours of sleep? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so super exciting stuff happened this week, uh, especially for listeners of this show and the show we once were, which was, of course, isometric, because... E3 is on and popping, and lots of announcements have been made. There have been lots of uh, hot takes hitting the internet, lots of uh, game previews, and new stuff in VR, new stuff in consoles, new stuff just all around, and a crap ton of Nintendo news in what ended up being a 30-minute session, uh, which is pretty interesting in comparison to some of the other announcements that were made at E3 and uh, other companies and how long they took and how little they had to say in that period of time. So, yeah, I mean, we should just dive right the frick in and talk about uh, all the all the stuff that's going on. I mean, want to start with Nintendo and go from there? How's that sound? I Okay, we can start with Nintendo. I think they had the least interesting news, but yeah. for Steve, for Steve, we'll allow it. Well, I we'll mean, they had, the, they had the least, like, you know, big announcements in terms of hardware and stuff like that, but Super Mario Odyssey seemed to be, like, the one yeah. game that anyone was talking about over the past week, more than anything else, at least from Sorry, what I was su- following. Super what? Super, super what? Oh, Super, super, Mar- yeah. super Mario. We I'm talked sorry. about this. We talked about this, Steve. <laughs> super Mario. Talk- I showed you a clip of Mario <laughs> pronouncing his own name at Toys R Us. And he goes, oh, oh, 
it's me, Mario. Like he's saying it the right way. Like you've got to, you have to admit, like when somebody calls me Brianna and I correct them and I go, Brianna, it's rude to keep calling me Brianna. So I think you should respect Mario's own name pronunciation. I I will I will acquiesce for the context at least of a, a show where we're talking for an hour about about video games because otherwise you two will come over here and murder me in my sleep after the, I, after, I, the after, after the end of this show if I keep pronouncing it Mario and and ruining your eardrums so I I, will. I have a nerve nemesis now I'm just saying so. <laughs> um, so so yeah starting with Nintendo if we, as we talked about no big uh, console news but one of the the cool new things was Super Mario Odyssey and interestingly you can take con- now now i've i've heard mixed reviews about this now and have been reading about it and um apparently it's, it can be a little bit gimmicky because it's only in certain situations but you can use mario's hat to mind control different things and it's not just like other people you can use it to throw it on a car or throw it on a dinosaur or throw it on a spark and you basically become that object and use that to kind of complete whatever puzzle it happens to be um and and some of the early kind of blowback i guess or or critiques were that you couldn't just kind of do it everywhere and it's only like certain goombas that can be controlled by it but i don't know what what, what do we think about super mario odyssey so this is this is like a horror movie like like you're sitting there and mario comes like you're a bullet bill and you're just sitting along doing your thing and then oh my god mario is taking control of your body is telling you what to do this is what Jessica Jones was fighting against. This is Kilgrave. <laughs> but it's Mario. Like, this is horrifying. He's going to, like, I don't even want to know. Like, it's just not going to be a very Nintendo-rated Nintendo tale. That's all I'm saying. Very disturbing. Steve, what do I, you think? I, I don't know how to respond <laughs> to that. It's I mean, Kilgrave. It's Kilgrave. I mean, it is. Um... I I I don't know. Are, are any is anyone really really real in any of that? I, I I mean, there's actually. I was watching something. I forget which one of the videos because they're all kind of roiling together now. That they were like in some wooded area. I think it was a treehouse video because they weren't. It was like an, a level that wasn't on the show floor, and they were looking out at the sky, and there were like there was like a grid in the sky. And they're like, well, maybe it's all a simulation or something like that. So I don't know. Maybe that's maybe maybe Mario's finally made it like into the Matrix. And he's, Ma- you know, no, he's no, seen- <laughs> no. Uh, so I'm sure maybe you've at least seen like a couple episodes of Dragon Ball Z. And in Dragon Ball Z, uh, a lot of times whenever it comes time to like defeat the final enemy at the end of a season, Goku ends up asking uh, everybody in the world to give the give him some of their spirit energy and he creates a spirit bomb and i like to think that in this world everybody knows that mario the plumber is like this superhero who's trying to save everybody and so they are agreeing like giving one spirit to goku they're agreeing to give their power which in this case is like their body or their shell uh to mario temporarily understanding that he is a good steward of that and uh, will (laughs) use it for good and for fighting evil. No, no. There's some bullet bill that's going to be in therapy in Bowser's Castle going, I don't know what happened. I'm just sitting along. I'm shot out of a cannon, and then Mario took my kidneys. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Mario took my kidneys. Mario took his kidneys. That's what Mario's up to. He's really... Maybe I was right all along. Maybe I was right to be, you know, skeptical of Nintendo all along that they're just like <laughs> uh, aiding and abetting this maniac, you know, just running around and stealing people's souls. That's you know? very disturbing. Very disturbing. <laughs> oh, Why is he dear. taking all those stars, Steve? I don't That's I want to know. What kind of person <laughs> does that? <laughs> so I guess we're calling that a thumbs down on Super Mario Odyssey. Or? Oh no, it looks great. Yeah, no, it's yeah, yeah, trash it, talk it. Yeah, it, it it looked like I went into it skeptical, as you know, will I'm sure surprise and you know shock everyone. I, I'm still like a little bit worried about how much it seems like Super Mario Sunshine, Mario Sunshine. Sorry, 
Thank you. Thank you. Just, oh, just you don't like Super Mario Sunshine? No, because I that game. no, because it's a lot of the and you know a lot of the the running around having to collect X number of things and having to run around like you know searching for this one objective that's kind of tucked behind a rock somewhere. Kind of got AKA old. My favorite, yeah, kind like, of gameplay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like. I really felt like the 3D Mario games improved a lot when they got back to Galaxy and and beyond because they were more focused around the actual like platforming piece and the the explorations always kind of seemed a little bit off from from Mario as opposed to something like Zelda where it makes more sense but it, uh. it seems like they're they're addressing a lot of the problems from Super Mario Sunshine and making it more of like a playground type of atmosphere and I, you know everyone who's played it just instantly falls in love with it. And it, it seems like there's just a ton of stuff to do. You can turn into a freaking dinosaur. It's unlike anything that we've seen before. And the more that I watch people playing it and enjoying it and just like being delighted by little things like randomly stopping to jump rope in the middle of a level and then getting a moon, which I guess is the, the equivalent of like a shine from super Mario, Mario sunshine. Like I I'm, I'm coming around on it and this it seems like a game that will sell switches to people who weren't already inclined to buy them. You know, like like Zelda mm-hmm. is a game that there are so, there are certainly a lot of people who bought it for Zelda, but that's like a game for Nintendo fans. And this is a game that seems to be made to make new Nintendo fans, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, I see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say, Steve, sitting here right now, listening to you try to do the show and pronounce Mario correctly, <laughs> it's like when I go to church and I'm trying to not say the word f- but it keeps <laughs> slipping out anyway. And I'm just like, you know, talking to the pastor, like, I just can't believe this fuck. Oh, oh my God, I'm sorry. That's what it's like doing the show with you today. So I... <laughs> Afraid I cannot relate to that situation. I, I, I don't know, Mike. Wow. I could see you, you know, going in. Hey, 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 pastor, what's up, MFR? You know, it's it's it's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that is my pastor's name, though. So, oh, okay. yeah, well, that's, that's fair. true. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. But... Okay, Steve, I've got a question for you. Okay, this is what I could not find. So, unlike you, I'm a real Pokemon fan. You know, I played a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> you know, I played a lot of the new Pokemon. I love it. I got all of it. I got the Ultra Beast. I got my Guzzlord. I've got my perfect natures. I've got maxed out IVs. Like, I'm a real Pokemon fan. But I read that they're re releasing these stupid Pokemon games again and charging me again for them. And I could find no features, like, no new features. Like, as best as I could tell, it's a new title for the Pokemon games. Like, what, what, what have they changed? What's going on here? I couldn't find any coverage. I think it's just like Black black two and white two where yeah. it's like more story and that's pretty much it i don't think that they're adding really any new features which is why they're not giving it a a new name or calling it a new generation it's just kind of an extension of the story is from what what i could tell from what i read about it okay uh, i'm down for that i was seeing like nebby get revenge on everyone that's tried to keep him or her in the bag like just, just take that bag see. and just like turn it into like a super an ultra dimensional black hole and just suck everyone into it that's where the yeah. Ultra Beasts come from, exactly. <laughs> uh, did you did you get to see the trailer for the Mario Rabbids game for the Switch? I did not because I'm running for Congress. <laughs> and it, looks, it looks cool. It, Does it look good? It's yeah. It's basically a, a Mario XCOM game. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's a very like. Uh, I actually know what that means. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's a it's like a turn-based strategy game with cover mechanics and like I was like Mario and Rabbids like forget it. I don't care. And I watched the trailer and it's like I could not want this game more now having watched the trailer. Like I have been deciding when I'm going to buy a Switch. I didn't know if Splatoon was going to put me over the edge or not. I think this might it is how like how impressed I was by the trailer, like no joke, which is which is shocking to me, by the way, because like I should not be this excited about what sounds like a really stupid premise on the face of it. But can, can I ask? So the the thing that struck me uh, right off the bat as I was watching the trailer here was how good like the the textures is what I mean, but like the visual look of it, how good that looked. Is that what it looks like in game, or is this like a stylized preview of the game? Do you, do you have any idea? On that 
Um, I am ima- I don't. I haven't seen any gameplay of it. I've just seen the trailer, so I don't know. I would imagine that it's it's not running an engine that trailer, but I would imagine that it's probably pretty close to what the final game would look like I, because. The textures you know, just look so cool. Yeah, it yeah, looks really cool. Like when the, the Donkey Kong rabbit like jumps out from behind the wall, it, it look it does look pretty awesome. Like the rabbits dressed up as all the characters from the Mario games just like tickled me in a way that I didn't expect it to. Yeah, that's what I saw on Twitter. Like a uh, rabbit dressed up as Princess Peach, and first I'm like, "Why is the rabbit uh, appropriating Princess Peach's culture?" And oh then I gosh. realized that made no sense. <laughs> no, then I realized no. that was when I knew I needed to get a nap. So. Why is that rabbit dressed up as a daddy? Why is that rabbit dressed right, up as the right. Babadook? It's not acceptable. <laughs> Very Don't, offensive, Micah. Look, look, Micah, I'm already gonna have to bleep one one curse word. Could you not use the D word on the show, please? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Very inappropriate. You know, we're just recording the D and saying uh, D words. It's uh, just how it works. Um, so the this is an unpopular opinion overall because it seems like everybody who I know who is not a parent. Um, like who does not have children absolutely hates minions and also some people who are parents also hate minions i think that minions are and they're the ones from despicable me the little yellow creatures um i think they're absolutely adorable and yeah they they like they make my heart happy and that's what these rabbits kind of remind me of is uh little minions no no like i was with you i'm like minions yeah i'm down with you i love the yellow i love they said like rabbits rabbits are horrible that's a terrible like character <laughs> design like it's the I, same idea except minions are executed well and rabbits are an abomination before <laughs> the lord or god like, like that's the difference abominations yes before the lord cultural they're very very upsetting well well micah i will tell you as the only parent currently on the podcast because georgia is out fighting crime um, I will, I will tell you that those people who don't like minions who are parents are wrong. So oh, good. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Those, okay. those people are, te- those people, those people need to rethink their priorities. And I'm sorry, dear listener, if you're one of those people, but minions are pretty cool. So yeah. I think, I think yeah. it's anything that you see 500 times, uh, kind of starts to grade on you for a while, but you know, the minions, when you're not watching them in the context of the 500 loop of the same movie are actually pretty adorable. So. Okay. Um, um, can we talk Metroid? We should. Yeah! We should absolutely talk Metroid. So I know, I, I mean, I have seen members of my family play this game, and I could remember watching wide-eyed as they played it on, like, GameCube and stuff like that and really enjoyed it. But I don't know much about Metroid in general. So I'm curious, like, what is the, the exciting thing about the fact that Metroid is here and that it's in 2D and that it's new? Like, well, tell me everything Wait, that this I is, need to know this about This is Metroid it. Returns, right? This isn't Metroid Prime. Um, well, they, well, so, well it's, both, it's both, right? Because they announced that the... The DS game is coming out this year and that they're actively working on Metroid Prime 4, but that was all they could say. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Because, okay, so this is this is the story, Micah. So the original Metroid came out, and I know it's a classic, the NES version, but it is a buggy mess. And it is genuinely hard to go and replay in 2017. Like, it is not – it's – it's a good building block for a game, but it's not a good game. But then, like the Game Boy, there was a Game Boy version of Metroid 2. And this is probably the first really true great game um, of the Game Boy that wasn't Tetris. Like it, And it really, you can oh, wow. replay it. It's a lot closer to Super Metroid than it is uh, like NES Metroid. So, and Steve, this is where I, I, yeah, I apologize. I've been running for Congress all week, but you know, they had somebody that put out a fan version of Metroid two that really gave it some love that completely redid it. And then Nintendo lawyer stepped in and killed the progress, the, um, the project and stopped it from being distributed. And now magically, like we get this, remake of metroid returns like i mean of samus returns did they buy that work and like translate it like do you know anything about that because it just seems like a really weird coincidence to yeah me. so what i i have an article from nintendo life that i'll put in the show notes because they there there has been some controversy about the am2r is the name of the the fan game that got shut down and apparently 
they had already started development on Samus Returns when they found out about it. And so it was something that they were already working on. And, you know, I I guess there are enough people who have love for Metroid 2, both within and outside of Nintendo, that uh, that seems plausible to me. And, uh, you know, looking at the game, it does seem like they they really are giving it a lot of love and they're taking they're really trying to make the source material better. So I could see how that could have been in development for a long time. And then all of a sudden, independently, this fan comes along and and does something similar. And then they have to shut it down because that's how trademarks work, too. But I don't I don't think that they got the idea from it is what it's at least according to to what uh, the producer says. But okay. it, it does seem like an awfully, you know, an awfully big coincidence. But I mean, looking at the game, too, you could see that they didn't just start on this like six months ago. Like yeah. they, they've been putting a lot of work into this game. So, okay, okay. So, and Micah, just to give you a little back, bit of background, Metroid Prime is a really different kind of Metroid. And Steve, I don't know how you feel. I could never get into Metroid Prime. Yeah, I've tried all those games a hundred times, and I just cannot get into them. So, uh, it was them trying to translate Metroid into a 3D universe. And mm-hmm. you know, to me, Metroid is a 2D experience. And so, yeah. Um, so it was kind of taking that 3 the art style and bringing it into a 2d game which i'm super excited about yeah I, I mean i think the big deal about this is that um metroid hasn't had any new games other than like the the federation force thing that nobody really wanted a couple uh, of years ago um uh, since other m which is also a pretty bad game that was for the wii which was probably uh, what like 2010 yeah, it was about that. I gotta give you some pushback. It is a good game. It is a sexist game, but it's a good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not. You know, there hasn't been anything in a long time, and yeah. there's also not been any news of anything on the horizon. So the fact that they're both working on coming out with this this remake of this game that really is just available through the virtual console, and also that they're working on a new game in a, in a series that, like, I, I agree with you, Brie. I'm not a big fan of the Prime games just because I find myself getting lost more often than not. But I know that there there is a large you know group of people within the Nintendo fan base who have a lot of love for that series. And so the fact Definitely. that they are working on a new one and they're listening, it, it says that they're listening to fans because this is one of the series that people have been generally clamoring for for a long time, and there was a lot of blowback when that Federation Force game got announced. Yep, yep, absolutely. And you know what, Steve? I mean, I think for you especially, now that you've played Axiom Verge and beaten it, I think you would probably find a real Metroid game like pretty easy in comparison. So I think I think you should give it a shot when it comes yeah. out. I mean, I did play through Super Metroid start to finish after that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I back am, in the oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right after that, and I think I talked about it on the show like forever. It was forever ago though. But I must have um, missed that week. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I am looking forward to this because I, I mean, I've been playing through a bunch of different types games of that type and i would love to be able to play metroid 2 with like a full map and and things just uh, just enough like quality of life features for 2017 steve to be able to play through it fantastic yeah fantastic all right so um we should probably was there anything else that we wanted to talk about with with nintendo or should we nope should we should uh, we should probably move on to microsoft right we should indeed, but first I have to tell you about our friends at Indeed Prime. This episode is sponsored by Indeed Prime. Indeed Prime helps software engineers land their dream job. Candidates get immediate exposure to the best tech companies with just one simple application to Indeed Prime. Companies on Prime's exclusive platform message candidates with salary and equity up front, and the average salary offer for software engineers is $125,000. Indeed Prime is 100% free for candidates with no strings attached. Invite your friends to Indeed Prime and we'll give you $200 when they get contacted by a company and $2,000 when they accept a job through Prime. What? That is awesome. So if you want to do that and possibly get your hands on some of that dough, go to Indeed.com slash Prime slash referral. That's Indeed.com slash Prime slash referral. Thanks so much to Indeed Prime for sponsoring this episode of Disruption and all of Relay. All right. So did you say such you a good to... name. That's such a good name, by the it way. Really Indeed is. Prime. Like I just oh like monster. That's like forgettable. But like when 
I'm thinking engineers. It's like it's like Optimus Prime, but like self-actualized. Like he really believes in himself. Like indeed, Prime. I love, <laughs> I love it. I love. I picture like I don't know, like a, like a top hat and a monocle. Even. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Prime. yeah, yeah. Making 120 a year. So right. yeah. I bet Rodimus Prime wish he wishes he was named Indeed Prime instead because that's a much better name. Please don't mention that that person on her show. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> he was a mistake, and you know it. Uh, I, I you know, seven-year-old Steve still has a lot of uh, nostalgia for the Transformers movie from 1986, though. Oh God, I I'm not joking, y'all. I think about Optimus dying, and I want to start crying. Oh. That was terrible. How could they do that to uh. like children? Uh. <sighs> anyway, he just gave uh, his life. So let's 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 talk about Microsoft next, because uh, Microsoft was made made some interesting announcements. Eh, uh, the Xbox One X is out, and I was reading through the specs and looking at this, and it is absolutely it's gorgeous. Interestingly, though, um, when I saw it first, I was reminded of a, uh, what is it, PlayStation 2? Was it PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 3 that looks like the new Xbox One X does? That sort of very blocky shape with a smaller base and then a bigger top portion. Um, So I thought that was interesting that, you know, Microsoft, instead of kind of doing the more uh, swoopy, curvy kind of thing, they went with this more uh, very straight edge design but i i guess my main thing is you know the the playstation pro that came out um hasn't gotten a whole crap ton of play because of the fact that like they didn't do a good job of explaining why you would want to get this over just the playstation that you already had and i want to know what you two think about like did xbox do a better job of saying this is why the xbox one x is better than the xbox one and why everybody should get it not just somebody who wants to have like 4k or or what have you was was this sold well Um, I mean, I think it's an important product because this is a really interesting generation because we are trying to bridge the difference in, you know, 1080p and, you know, 4K, which is, you know, it requires four times as much graphical power. And that's a lot. So I think it's an interesting solution to, you know, giving people to have 4K TVs, like a 4K console. But I think you'd be... Unless you're like really, really like either you sit really close to your television or you're just really, really, really into pixel perfect graphics. I don't think most people would be able to tell the difference in this. Um, I, I don't. And I think to me, the big news isn't the Xbox One X. It's the $200 Xbox, which is just a ridiculously good deal. Like $200 for Rise of the Tomb Raider and the original Titanfall and Gears of War 4 and Forza uh, Horizon 3. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, that that's... is just a ridiculously yeah. good console for that price. So, um, you know, I think the other thing that gets me is at least with the PlayStation Pro, you've got a killer VR app that goes along with it. And when we get to Sony, they did announce a lot of, you know, VR products to go with it. You know, there's still not official Oculus support for Xbox one, you know, HoloLens does not work for Xbox one. So like, you know, I, I just genuinely don't think this matters. I think it's important for 4k TV owners and that's it. Yeah. I think that what's, what's important from this is not so much the box itself because there's not really a real reason for most people to buy it right now. I think it's good that this is the approach that they're taking for 4K, though, because, you know, when we went from standard def to HD, that was a whole new console generation. And then none of your games would work without, you know, cr- without backwards compatibility being built in. And now at least you can buy a different system that will take advantage of your 4K TV, but you don't have to go rebuild your game library. So. Yeah. I think that's important and hopefully that will continue as you go forward because, you know, we and, you know, they announced original Xbox compatibility too, which I mean, there aren't that many games from that generation that I would want to play again, but at least, you know, you have the option. But, you know, having to rebuild your library from scratch every time as opposed to Steam where you just have everything when you get a new computer, you just move everything over. I, I think that's a good thing for the for consoles to be doing going forward if this continues. So. 
Yeah, but I don't expect it to last forever. I no, mean, I, don't I expect either. I expect this to be a generation that's maybe eight years long. Yeah. So. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. Uh, you know, yeah. as long as it's not like oh, three years and now we need a new console. Like that would be that that would be a big problem. So I'm glad that they're yeah, they're kind of figuring a solution agree. out for this. And I mean, Forza uh, that this the I'm not a Forza like a, a person who plays like the non Horizon Forza games, but that footage of the Porsche driving through that desert track that they showed at the at the uh the press conference was amazing where it's driving through the rain and the puddles are are growing as the as the storm intensifies like it looked really really incredible and you know i agree with that i just have to give just a little bit of pushback on this that i I think force is such a good example to bring up steve you know think about what purpose graphics serve from a gameplay perspective. I mean, really think about this for a second. What is it about graphics that make a game enjoyable? And the answer is just one word. It's immersion. Immersion is a, you know, like narrative is a quality. And like uh, we talk about agency in games, that is a quality. Graphics only matter for immersion. And in a game like Forza, you are driving so fast and your reflexes are so quick. Like in my Forza Horizon 3, Steve, you drive me all by me all the time. And I will stand on, slam on my brakes and turn around and go destroy you. I'm not looking <laughs> at the, the windshield rain droplets. Like yeah. if I'm sitting there watching a video, I can appreciate that. Right, yeah. But genuinely, I have played like earlier Forza games on Xbox One and then the scaled down version on 360. And I truly don't think it matters that much. So, yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, no, I'm yeah. really glad you touched on that, Brie, because I, so I was watching the trailer for this, and the person was talking about these beautiful vistas and all of this stuff that uh, you could see in the background and the way that helicopters are flying by, and you can see the leaves blowing, and you could see the grass, you know, growing practically, and yada, 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 and like insects in the grass. And I'm thinking what you were just saying, you know, <laughs> as I was listening, it's like, but you're racing, so you're trying to like get, it's, it's about like all the cars that are near you not all this stuff that's in the background so uh, that's interesting um that you as a person who you know actually can play these games well uh also feels that way because I, I mean i i guess what uh it was like what why why are you spending time like making these beautiful things when i i don't know where else you would put i guess the kind of better design stuff like in the car maybe or just focus more on providing opportunities for uh, incorpororating that immersion in the racing or something mm. yeah can we can we talk about this just for a second longer before we move on because you're oh, dead yes. on Micah like let's look at Forza and where the the series has gone you know really big change that if you take the PlayStation 2 like old PlayStation 2 games and you compare it to a modern Forza is you know obviously the external graphics of the car are are clearer and better and we have better shaders and more sophisticated externalities but the really big advancement that they've made in recent years um it has to do with just taking the time to go and actually model the interior of the car and like doing a rough workup of what the UI is. And like, if you race a Dodge Challenger, like they'll just have the screen in the center be off because that's like a bridge too far to mod. <laughs> but like it, the interior of it is generally model that matters as far as immersion. And that's it. So, like, rain droplets and all that, that's okay in as far as it's going to be another driver simulation aspect of it, and you'll have to react dynamically to it. But I just, I genuinely think if you hook somebody up, like, if you did a blind test of it and did it on a $200 Xbox and a $500 Xbox, I believe they'd come back and give you the exact same playtesting data. Yeah, I I mean, I guess... For a game like Forza, it doesn't matter as much. I, you know, in something like I, like I've been playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn this week while I've been on vacation, and like something like that, when you're climbing up to the top of a mountain, you're looking over the vista, and you're you know you can see everything in the distance. You know, I, does it matter? Does would you be able to play the game without that? Yeah, of course. But it, it takes you out of the game less, which again does go towards immersion. And and it's just I'm not so much impressed with 
Forza at the point where I would want to buy it because I just know I don't enjoy that type of game. And I know that ultimately it's not going to matter for that. But just in terms of what the Xbox One X can do in general, it it, it was impressive to me on that level, I guess. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Uh, so I have a question for you. Um, is Microsoft, did they announce, do they have anything? I know they're, of course, working on AR, but what what is like the VR experience with Microsoft? Anything uh, in the Xbox area or is it just like... PlayStation VR is the one thing that exists in terms of console VR stuff. It's the latter. I mean, on your your you know Windows 10 machine at home, you've got Oculus and um, you know obviously uh, Vive. But um, as far as official support on the Xbox, yeah, it's just not there. And Steve, unless I'm wrong, we haven't heard anything from them yet. Uh, if anything, it's weird because Apple. You know, if you look at their official announcements, Vive. Uh, the Vive icon is actually, you know, built. That's Apple's official icon. So I think it's utterly bizarre that Apple is kind of getting that support first. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing that you could say is that they're basically merging Windows and Xbox and they're they're just converging those two platforms anyway. So yeah. is, that, I, is that happening? I mean, that, that's 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 their direction. Yeah. That's their direction with the with the play with the play anywhere um, initiative where oh, most of their first yeah. party stuff can play both on Windows 10 and, and on Xbox. And I believe if you buy one, you get the other. So if, you know, with that being the case, they're kind of have VR support just based on that. And and I guess they figure if you're going to do that, you just do it on a computer where you can have more horsepower for it. But yeah, it, it is kind of, it does kind of stick out that they're not talking about that. And it does give Sony something that they can talk about that Microsoft can't. But I mean, yeah. I, I would say that, you know, as far as the games that they announced at the, at other than that though, uh, there were a lot of a lot of really good looking games, not VR necessarily, but um, but the, a new a new Ori in the Blind Forest footage that they showed from the new Shadow of Mordor game looked really really good. But th- they don't have a lot of exclusives still, which is the problem. Um, and so they don't have VR and they don't have exclusives, but they have a two dollar two hundred dollar system. So maybe that's maybe that's enough to get them back in the game. I, I I hear you on that, but I think it's important to like look at this in the aggregate. Microsoft has the franchises, right? Tomb Raider's a franchise, Gears of War is a franchise. You know, where you look at, you know, the games I'm really excited about from Sony, which are kind of one shots. I I just I I know there were a lot of headlines saying Microsoft doesn't have any exclusives. And you know, this is this is the company that's got the exclusives, and just because there's one year where they didn't have a lot to announce at one press conference, doesn't mean this isn't the system that generally has the best exclusives. Because I think it does. Yeah, yeah. I think the the only reason that it's coming up more is because of the the first couple months that Sony had of, of the first half of the year that Sony had versus the first half of the year where Microsoft really didn't have any exclusives other than. Really, just like the Forza Horizon Two expansion, or Forza Horizon Three expansion, rather. Um, so the, people are looking for them to have something, and like an Ori in the Blind Forest too is a, is a big deal to to me. I don't know how how big of a deal it is in general, um, but it's not. You know, those things are clearly coming, but they're not here right now, which is something that they're they're kind of falling behind Sony in that regard. I think that's fair. Hmm. All right. Um, anything else from from Microsoft that really stuck out for you at uh, at E three? Nope. No, I think that's, right. that sounds like it. So one X. Uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to talk about Sony and uh, the PlayStation as well as PlayStation VR, which got some attention on stage and. A really good-looking Spider-Man game that has oh, me yeah. actually yeah. like thinking. Well, that would be nice. Like, really, I, I've always, I've, yeah, I know, right? I've always enjoyed Spider-Man uh, just as a character, and I can remember when I was growing up playing some Spider-Man game on, I think it was PlayStation Two, uh, with my little brother, and it was always like the the web slinging is just really fun and like within the first few moments of this uh trailer for this he picks somebody up and like spins them into a cocoon and is hanging them from rafters and i can remember 
doing that exact kind of thing and the joy that I got out of it. So this game looks incredible and it also looks like the gameplay itself is incredible. But um, yeah, I mean, what are we all thinking for, for Sony? Did Sony have an overall good show, an overall bad show? What are you excited about, et cetera? So I don't know if people know this, but the um, Peter Parker is not always Spider-Man. Uh, there was in the Ultimates Marvel Universe, uh, Spider-Man is Miles Morales, who, you know, he's a person of color. So to have, um, he's, a, he's a great character. This is not a token. Like This is a real character with some heart who I personally find a lot more relatable than Peter Parker. Um, so I think seeing, um, a really big investment in that kind of Spider-Man game, like a hundred million dollar Spider-Man game, you know, starring Miles Morales, I think it was really exciting. And, you know, Mike, I'm right there with you. Like the web slinging looks good. It looks like a great open world game. It looks like it gets the humor right. So I am pumped about this game. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think we still need some clarification on whether it is Miles Morales in the suit, though, because I was reading an an interview with the producers after the fact that said something along the lines of, this is still Peter Parker's story, but we want to introduce Miles Morales to a larger audience. Oh, of course they can't. They can't make a game and not have it star the white dude. Yeah. Because our game industry (laughs) is not going to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, because they show Miles Morales, but he wasn't, like, in the suit at the end of the trailer. And that, that led to a lot of Miles Morales uh, you know tweets but i don't know that i it doesn't look like that is actually miles morales in the suit in the game at least at least for the full you know for the full game maybe that happens at some point but that's yeah yeah i mean that that aside though i would uh, you know and i'm like the last one to get excited this is like me this is like my my catchphrase this week I'm like the last one to get excited about a Spider-Man <laughs> game in general, but the fact that Insomniac are the ones doing the game, like if you've played um, Sunset Overdrive for the Xbox oh, or you've played yeah. one of the Ratchet and Clank games, like they get that kind of movement and that kind of fluid action type of game really, really well. And so having played Sunset Overdrive in particular, like I have no doubt that they can pull off everything that they showed in that trailer and more and that that game is going to feel as fun as it looked when you're watching it in the trailer. So so for that reason alone, I'm really excited about this game where if you asked me like a week ago, hey, do you want to buy the new Spider-Man game for PlayStation? I would have said, no, what are you what are you kidding me? Like, no, I have no interest. But having watched that and knowing that Insomniac's behind it, like that looks like it could be game of the year material easily. I agree. I agree. No, it's going to be tough to top Breath of the Wild. I'm just saying. But yeah. yeah, definitely pumped. Well, you know, there's always Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mikey, you asked if they had a good show. I got to talk about the game I am super excited about. And okay. it's rare that a game comes out that's so important that you change your career because of it. But that's what Heavy Rain was for me. And, you know, uh, Revolution 60, my studio's game, uh, you know, which you can buy on iOS, um, it's 100% influenced by Heavy Rain and Mass Effect. Like, that game was massively influential on me. Um, You know, this is pretty much the fourth Quantic Dreams game. Uh, The first was Indigo Prophecy. Uh, The second was Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain was the best one. The last one they put out was Beyond Two Souls, which is... A game I love dearly, but is still kind of a train wreck at the same time, especially mechanically. And now, I don't know how the studio stays in business, guys. I really don't, (laughs) because these games are... I look at them, and these are really expensive games to make that keep bombing when they come out. So I have no idea how Quantic Dreams is still in business when all their games have sold so poorly. But now the new one coming out is Detroit Beyond Human. Uh, And Micah, did you see the trailer for this at all? I did not. So... It, it, you know, I have to say, as someone white, I don't feel like I can have strong opinions on this, but it opens on a black android singing a slave song. <laughs> it's kind of a heavy headed metaphor for what 
androids feel like in this future, which just kind of hit me as, wow, that's kind of a a white dev team making a bad decision. (laughs) Which game is this? I'm sorry. uh, This is Detroit. I mean, I would love to, yeah, I would love for some people of color to write me because your feelings are more valid than mine if you've seen it. But my, my guess is that it's wildly inappropriate. But besides that, like this is a story, like it's your typical Quantic Dream game. Uh, written by David Cage, so very, very heavy on the cinematics and the facial animation and very um, you know, decision-based gameplay. Like uh, at the opening scene, you are breaking into a robot store to set free all the robots. And you can either sneak in and disable the alarm or you can just drive a truck through the front door and set everything on fire and kill everyone that gets in your way. I personally will be doing the violent revolution <laughs> gameplay. I know that about me. Uh, but, you know, it gives you that option. Uh, I am hyper excited about this game. I think yeah. it's a much stronger concept than Beyond was. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that it's a little bit better with the decision-making mechanics than Beyond was. Because I felt like when I played through Beyond, it was either like, oh, yeah, here's a dialogue choice where you could be a jerk, you could be nice, or there's like a choice that you don't even realize you're making until you've already made it. And because you didn't realize that like just standing there and waiting for the scene to end was an option. Yeah. Um, so I hope that they do better in the actual implementation, but the concept and, and the, the trailer itself looks really, really intriguing. And it looks like if they can pull it off and they can make it, you know, just put enough into the gameplay to make it engaging for a wider audience. I think that it can be a really, a really great game. Yep, here's happen. Yeah. Do we want to talk about Marvel vs. Capcom at all? Or Yeah, yeah, I played that for you, Steve. So did you? So yeah. I'm curious about what you thought about it because so they, they released a um so Mar- it's Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is coming out in in the fall. And Capcom had lost the license and then they got it back. So they released a story trailer on the day of the press conference so you could play through it. So I and and I really enjoyed it from the perspective of somebody who sucks horribly at fighting games because it, they made it, it seems like they're doing a really, um, I don't want to say good job because I don't know if that's true or not, but they're making a lot of effort to make it accessible to somebody who doesn't normally, you know, execute combos or be able to do anything beyond just mash buttons. Cause if you mash buttons or you just keep hitting like light punch or whatever, you can do an air combo without really trying too hard. Um, I don't know how that fighting engine felt for you as somebody who actually can do more than just mash buttons, though. Well, I mean, that's what I'm really interested in, Steve. Uh, You know, I played through the story demo, like you said, and what really struck me is how accessible it is. It felt closer to Smash than it did, say, Marvel versus Capcom 3, which is kind of impenetrable. Um, But we also only got a few characters, And uh, because we can't go into practice mode and really look at that frame data and you're just beating bots in the game, which have like very clearly lower health, I can't really get a feel for what it's going to be like competitively. But I think the story demo was very strong. The art style is very strong. The story isn't very strong because it's it's a Capcom game. It's not, but the the tone is good at least. Like it's fun. It's it's campy. Like it's not, it's not a good story. I don't think anybody expects it to be a good story, but it's campy and it's fun, which I think is really, you know, all you need. I mean, it's kind of silly seeing uh, Thor talking to Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins. And, you know, things like that, like they they obviously are not taking it super seriously. And that's good, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really excited for it. Um, Personally, I was very disappointed by uh, and I'm a hardcore Capcom player. Uh, I I would probably guess now that Maddie's left the show, I play by far more fighting games than anyone else here. I think that would be a uh, safe thing to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, Tekken 7 is freaking amazing, and everyone oh. should get it. Um, oh, God, that's it's so bad for my marriage, that game. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, it looks really strong. It looks much better than the last Marvel game, and I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I... I have been off fighting games for a while, but this seems like it's accessible enough that I'll probably end up picking it up. And even if I just play through the story, I think that, I think that'll probably be worth it for me. So party at Steve's house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mega man, Mega man zero all the way. Um, 
All right. And then, yeah, then we had a bunch of VR stuff, too, because there were there were a, a, like a rapid fire set of trailers at both the PlayStation press conference. And then there were a couple of announcements at, I believe, the Bethesda um, press conference about Doom and Fallout 4 and, and I believe Skyrim as well, if I remember correctly, um, being made into VR versions. Yeah, I don't really have strong feelings about any of that. Um, you know, um, the I'm looking forward to the Until Dawn prequel that's going to be in PlayStation VR. So if you don't know this, uh, Until Dawn is a very heavy rain-inspired game. Uh, it's all about trying to survive through a night in a horror movie. Um, and they're basically taking a prequel of that. Uh, I don't want to spoil the game. If you haven't played Until Dawn, you should. It's very good. Uh, but they're turning that into a VR experience, and I can see that working. But Skyrim in VR? No, that's that's an excuse yeah. to throw up. I'm, I'm, I don't endorse that. Yeah. Is, is this the one called Stifled, Bree? Is that what you're talking about? I'm sorry, Stifled? Oh, I forget yeah. the name of it. I don't think that's it, no. So Stifled is the one that st- stuck out to me um, because it so basically somebody uh, gets into a car crash and they wake up in this world that's in- entirely pitch black. And the only way that you can see anything is with like echolocation. And so you actually on top of it being a VR experience, you also have to use the microphone on the headset. And as you communicate, you use your voice as like echolocation and you can oh. start to see things. But the scary thing is that. As you speak, then the creatures that are existing in this world can hear you, and they don't all mean you, uh, you know, they don't all bid you adieu and, and walk away. Some of them mean you harm. So you're trying to, like, find your way through this world and, you know, make noise so that you can see where you're going. But at the same time, every time you make noise, the creatures can hear you and start to approach. So that just, like, in VR, that sounds like the most terrifying thing because <laughs> I think a yeah. lot of us all are, you know, there's some, it's, like, hardwired into us um what is the term uh evolutionary wise that you know there's there's a certain fear of the unknown fear of the dark and that you have these creatures hunting you at the same time and it's in vr so you'd like i'd have to rip off my headset at some point i think it sounds so cool though yes it sounds terrifying but that i don't know there's something the concept of this game just is entirely exciting yeah definitely into it the final fantasy fishing game like I don't know that I would want to play it in VR because I don't know that I want like evil sea creatures like chomping at my face in VR. But I kind of am into the idea of like a river monsters fishing game. Like yeah. I know that's weird, maybe, but that no. actually like I watched that trailer. I'm like, this is something I would play. I don't know that I want to play in VR, but this is something I would absolutely put down money for like a game that I would actually actively want to play as weird as it looks. No, that's not weird at all. In fact, uh, something I don't think gets talked about enough for VR experiences is just the uh, the relaxing games. Like fishing seems like a perfect experience for VR to me. Like some of the the music simulations, that, like you have a stressful day and you just put on your VR headset and just chill. Uh, that's some of the best experiences with it that don't really get talked about. Yeah, and whenever you think about VR being this uh, holodeck replacement, as you know, we kind of all aspire for it, or you know, hope that it'll be, and aspire for it to be. Um, it's interesting that you know, thinking about the holodeck. Yes, occasionally people are in there doing uh, these virtual novels that do involve danger and stuff like that. But you also see those situations in Star Trek where they're just like in a really nice, uh, you know, brook, and there's there's water flowing and it's very green and luscious and verdant. And I think that that has just as much a uh, possibility to be, you know, something that I would enjoy at least uh, versus, you know, these scary games, which also sound fun. But I also wouldn't just mind like a, I don't know, a, a bridge simulator, but it's like a, a nice bridge with water flowing underneath and you uh, they're like cherry blossoms in the air and stuff like that. That sounds like a great thing. Take a break away from life and just go be in my cherry blossom forest. Yeah, Or that game where you're like guiding that mouse with the sword around, you know, that that seems like a nice a nice change of pace from a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing too. Moss, I think it's called. Um, it, it looks like like you're basically like you control you help him by moving the environment around and then he, he kind of makes his way through the environment and stuff like that. It it seems like it's a pretty fun game too. 
Um, mm, it's, yes, it's nice yes. to see different, just just different things. But I mean, from what I read, the Doom implementation is really good. But I just can't see wanting to play like a full high octane first person shooter like that, <sighs> that in, in, especially something with like yeah. the, especially something with like the the ambiance of Doom. Like I don't know that I would want to immerse myself in that kind of a world, you know. I'd be ready to throw up, probably. Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> too much. Same. Uh, well, we should. I, I do want to quickly, briefly touch. Um, I think that it, it did not necessarily relate to uh, E3, but um, we had shared some news earlier this week about Mario Kart VR, and I had oh, thought yeah. when when Steve shared it that it was this thing that was like coming to uh, I don't know Vive or something, and we were going to get to have it there, and so I was really excited about it. But it turns out that it's it's an arcade installation where you have to have these gigantic carts that you sit in and you know they do all of like the rumble stuff so it's like a rumble pack and so you're sitting in this chair and then you put a, a vr headset on and so the chair kind of helps to to i think reduce some of the brain splitting nonsense where you're you know the things that you're seeing don't line up with what you're actually experiencing they're supposed to kind of help that uh click a little bit more but uh, what i'm curious about in that situation and possibly in in, um, you know, talking about as VR progresses, um, what do you all think about like uh, these? These th- there's still a lack of physicality a lot of the times in these VR experiences, and the most we can do is like strap a vibration uh, thing to our chest, a vibration vest to our chest. Um, so, do you see more? viability in such in solutions like these where you are like sitting in a cart or do you think that eventually home vr is going to get to a place where there is some more tactile feedback no i think you're dead on i mean we've got to uh incorporate our senses more i think the reason the vibe took off is because you can walk around a room physically uh so things that make you feel connected like that it's dead on uh you know some of the implementations i've seen for uh you know haptic gloves as soon as someone figures out a way to make that actually work and be viable that's when you're going to see like ui interfaces for this really take off so i think you're dead on micah i mean you can't just have one of your senses is working with this you can't just have two like eyes and ears like you've got to you have to go physically um and i think um i think sometimes weird hardware is the only way to get there yeah i I guess i would ask like how far do you need to go though because like i'm thinking and, and this is a bad analogy i know but like i'm thinking about like you know like the 3d movies in disney world like honey i shrunk the audience like, I, I got to do that yes i was yeah. uh, yes and the dog snorts on you oh yeah so or, or anyway, like yeah. the little like they they blow th- they they touch your like your feet because the rats are running around and stuff like that and yeah. and that's the kind of thing that like i'm okay with like the 3d but once like stuff starts touching me or like the the stitch the stitch grade escape thing where you know like all of a sudden you're feeling things in the back of your neck like that's like too much immersion you know, so I don't know, like, I wonder if we ever get to that or if it really just gets, you know, if that's going to be too much for a lot of people to really want to be able to take on. You know what I mean? Mm. So I, I could see it as a, as a switch on, switch off thing, because I'll be completely honest with you. I, and, and, you know, I'm sure that part of this comes from a level of privilege where like the fact that something touching me on the back of the neck that's not actually there is more of a thrill than something that's like super terrible but i i can remember loving that uh that experience when i was a kid because like they they put a smell in the air whenever i think it was the dog passed gas and they they sprayed uh moisture at you whenever the the dog was sniffing and yeah they blew air at your feet whenever the things were running around and all these things were meant to make you feel as if they were actually happening and that is the most thrilling thing to me and i think that it would be super cool if i could have emerged i'm uh, let's go back to my cherry blossom forest and it's like they you know have incorporated fans in the little room cameras that are sitting around and they can use that to simulate you know a breeze and uh, perhaps there's some way to 
trick your your feet into feeling like there's water below you or something like that. Who who knows what it could be or like the crunch of leaves because you're wearing shoes that have haptic feedback type stuff in it. I think that's incredible. I mean, yes, I I'm, I would assume that people would want it as an option and they could say no, don't touch me on the back of my neck with your uh, puffs of air. But that's kind of the stuff I would totally have all of that stuff on because if I can go like all in, that I'm going to go all in and have this real experience in a non-real space because again i think that that plays into uh the holodeck idea where you know you can shut off that it doesn't kill you that the bullets don't kill you but up to that point like those uh virtual things can grab you and and you can grab things in the virtual space and drink them etc so um i i i think that's that'd be really cool (laughs) okay I, I feel bad that we're pushing our questions off for another week, but we probably want George here anyway and not off fighting crime. And we'll, you know, please keep sending them in. And we promise we will do a big, a big mailbag, you know, once we stop having like a major trade convention every week and or and or, um, you know, all of us, you know, passing out in the middle of the show. We have a realized <laughs> special show coming up for members. Ooh, so, that would you know, be, yeah. Maybe yeah, we could so, do it there. Yeah, we can we can do I, I think it's gonna be a matter of whether some of the people are members or not, but yeah, we should do we should think about doing something like that for the member only show because that is coming up in like a month or so. So we should we should start collecting stuff for that. Y'all yeah. should become members if you support yeah. our show. Micah and Brianna gotta eat as well as Steve, so it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. I have lots of little mouths to feed. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. true. Hey, Georgia, we've got – oh, hold on, hold on. Steve, I just got you get you to check your privilege. Like I have three very small mouths to feed. And yeah, what breed are your dogs again? Yeah, they're very Dude, small. Yeah, but the, so, the difference yeah. is that your small mouths will buy – will eat will eat a, uh, a can of dog food that you buy at the supermarket. And my small mouths want a full adult-sized kids – full adult-sized <laughs> number one at Chick-fil-A. So well, to be fair – My dogs fair, get Chick-fil-A. Have, <laughs> I have a big old mouth to feed, and its yep. name is Shane. So oh, that's true. Uh, that is true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. oh dear. Well, um, yeah. Please do send in your questions. Uh, we'll talk about how we, you know, go forth with with answering those, and um, definitely keep them coming because we do want to get to them. It's just, hey, when you've got an Apple conference, and then you've got E3, and you've got all these big shows, we've got to touch on all of that stuff. And you probably rather us, you know, focus on your questions rather than big scatterbrained as we talk about all the new things that get announced. So if you would like to get in touch, here is how you can do that. You can call us and leave a voicemail at 508-418-3532 or you can tweet us at underscore disruption FM and please do use the hashtag disrupt me so it makes it to our spreadsheet or if you'd rather keep things private, you can send us a direct message. Please do let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we default to anonymous Now, if you're looking for the show notes, you can probably look in that app that you're listening to the show in right now or head to relay.fm slash disruption where there'll be links to all the trailers and stuff that we talked about today. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter and all the rest of my links can be found at chihuahua.coffee. Steve, if people are looking for you, where can they find you? Well, you can always find me on Twitter at Wicked Good. And and this week also, if you are... Uh, one of the people who likes to hear me talk about Hearthstone, I was, uh, again, on the Happy Hearthstone podcast along with um, Ridiculous Hat, who is one of my mentors getting up to legend. And we had a really good conversation about, like, the competitive mindset that it takes to get yourself up to legend in Hearthstone, which, uh, you know, listeners of this show would probably be interested in, you know, getting better at competitive games in general or just kind of what what kind of different mental tricks you need to do to help yourself play at a high level. So um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes and uh, it's gotten a lot of really good feedback. So if you're trying to get better at Hearthstone, that might be something worth your time. Awesome. And Bree, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? So, yeah, we're working really, really hard out here in Massachusetts to get elected and, yeah, guys, it's a ton of work. Like today, I got up at seven o'clock to go do a um, you know, do a commencement address for a high school. I went straight to campaigning all afternoon. I did classes for Emerge Massachusetts all night, and tomorrow I get up and repeat it again. So we're really working hard out here. And you know, if you like what we talk about on the show week by week, if you're pissed at the orange tangerine hell beast, like yeah, I hope you will uh, please. Consider 
consider supporting my campaign. I would appreciate it a lot. You can do that by going to supportbrianna.com. Um, you know, and we're, we need people to make a change desperately. Uh, but, uh, besides that, you can find my Twitter, uh, which is space cat gal, but straight up, like, I, I gotta be real with you. We are coming into the real meat of the campaign soon. The amount of time I'm going to be tweeting is just going to continue to plummet downwards. So yes, if you're, if you're wondering where Brie is, Working campaigning, hard, campaigning. Working hard. I don't just talk about change. I make it happen. And last but not least, if the wonderful Georgia Dow was here, she would tell you that you could find her at Georgia underscore Dow. And if you are dealing with problems with anxiety or stress or boundary relations, you can go to HomePodAnxiety.com, which will redirect <laughs> you to Anxiety-Videos.com. Uh, all that is left is for Steve to reduce my HomePod anxiety by doing that thing he does every week. So, Steve, please do take it away. It's me, Mario. I mean, Mario, Mario, oh. Mario, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it.